0: Hello, hello, welcome to the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast. This is Luke Blaine alongside, but not really alongside, Tanner Lambert. Tanner is on the road right now. We are back in Morgantown, or at least I am, after an eventful week at the Big 12 Men's and Women's Basketball Championships. And safe to say we had a great time there doing media stuff, doing our thing. Um, Tanner? Yeah, you know, I'm on the road because I was sick of you, but yeah, it was fun. Oh Yeah, I I can't tell if he's kidding from here, but uh, (laughs) yeah, so started off the men's kick things off on Wednesday with a win, a pretty convincing win over Texas Tech, and that was a really good turnaround for them from what we saw the last time whenever Texas Tech came to Morgantown and had that, uh, I believe, 78-72 loss.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it was in that game on Wednesday where you saw a team that was maybe playing with a little bit of house money in West Virginia going out there to show that they have what it takes to play here in March, and with Selection Sunday being tomorrow, Luke, they are able to show that they are a definitive team that's going to be a top 10 seed in this bracket. I think they should be a five or six seed, uh, but the committee likes to place a lot on the actual record overall rather than the teams you're playing against. I think that if this West Virginia team was in any other, the best league in America, where I think all 10 teams have a case to say they should be in the NCAA tournament, uh, that they would be a much higher seed. And, And so you know, when you look at it right now, this team's top 20 in Ken Palm and, and Net as well. If they're a 9 or 10 seed, they will be the third lowest seed ever as far as that Net and Ken Palm is concerned with how high they are ranked there. A top 20 team in Net where Ken Palm has never really often been a 9 or 10 seed in the tournament. And that seems to be the way that bracketologists think West Virginia is going to get seeded. And so for me, looking, you know, I, I'm going to try to look through, you know, non-golden-blue lenses here. I don't, I don't think that that's quite fair. You know, three years ago, this team had a fairly similar record, I want to say, but they finished better within the Big 12 standings, and they were all the way up to a three seed, right? And so mm-hmm. to punish them for playing in the best league in America because their record was what it was, well, when you go down and look at it, West Virginia's playing their best basketball of the year right now they started 0-5 in Big 12 play and they won 7 and 6 down that they went 7 and 6 down the stretch uh, and then they added another win in Kansas City before playing the best team in America uh, on a night where they had no effort and, and that was evident by all of the players after that game on Thursday which we'll get to but but on that Wednesday night there in Kansas City they were able to take care of business and handle a Texas Tech team that's had some really good wins this year as well
0: yeah absolutely and you know It, I think it narrows it down. I think we're probably looking at more like seven Big 12 teams in the NCAA tournament now. After I do, you think Texas Tech is still possibly in? No, and I think Oklahoma State got hurt a little bit
1: too, uh, with what happened in the NCAA or in the Big 12 tournament, rather. Um, and I think Oklahoma State has a very good case to also make the field of 68. Even if they have to play a play-in game, I think if they have to go that route, they would win that play-in game. And I think they are a team that could also make the second weekend. I think if you say that Oklahoma State's in and you have eight teams in from the Big 12 and the two that don't get in are Oklahoma and Texas Tech, I think six of those eight teams have a very real shot at making the second weekend, barring any upset. And Mm -hmm. you could really not take much to convince me to say all eight make the second weekend. I think that this league is that good. I think that these teams are that good. And when I look around and I watch, you know, some of these other tournament games, Ohio State is the 13th seed in the Big Ten tournament, made it to the semifinals. Okay, this is a team that had a one and they went one in 14 in a 15-game stretch this year in that Big Ten conference, mm. and, and the Big Ten is going to be able to field more teams in the Big 12. I think that that's completely ridiculous, and I, I think that it's a joke and it's a disservice to these Big 12 teams – have to play top 10 competition night in and night out on the road in
0: the Big 12. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at these teams also, whenever they play Kansas, like WVU had to, that's also an away game on top of being a tournament game. I mean, it is consistently year in and year out a home crowd for Kansas with uh, Lawrence just being half an hour, or 40, 40 minutes, I believe, away from Kansas City. So, I mean, that just makes things even more difficult. For these teams
1: yeah and and it's weird because you know the Big Ten tournament's a tournament that travels the ACC tournament travels the SEC tournament travels it's not set like the Big 12 is in Kansas City I I get the idea that Kansas City is a fairly easy place to fly into although we found that to be quite difficult (laughs) Um, and and, you know that's just more of the West Virginia it's tough to travel from and to but you know the, the Big Ten tournament this year was in Chicago uh, and they've been in Indianapolis in prior years, they've been in Minneapolis in prior years, they've been in New York multiple times, and so for the Big 12 to consistently go to Kansas City, I, I love the venue and all those things, but it really does seem to favor some teams more than it does other teams, albeit I don't think that had anything to do with how that game turned out on Thursday against Kansas, uh, but I, I do think that it would make some sense to travel around the country and, and you know, give some other teams opportunities to get more of their fans in the building. The SEC tournament this year was in Nashville. Last year it was in Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and with it being in Tampa Bay, really the only team that's close to there um, within drivable distance are Alabama, Auburn, and Florida. In uh, and, and Kansas City, you do have Kansas that's obviously the closest. And, and with them consistently being one of the best teams year in and year out, not only in the league, but in the country, it seems to favor them. But Ames is not that far away for Iowa State. Obviously Kansas State is a border state of that. And the Oklahomas don't really have to travel that far either. But you do have, you know, the multiple Texas schools along with West Virginia who have to travel a little further to get up there. Uh, but, but you know, I, I think that when you get into that building, you know, it, it is just the competition of it. And like I said, I, I feel like West Virginia was playing with house money because they knew that they were making March already as far as the field of 68 and the big dance goes. And, and they didn't feel like they needed to prove anything more than that. I think you could tell that. Not only in the players' quotes a little bit, but after that win on senior day in Morgantown against Kansas State, you know, Huggins is wearing the NCAA-bound hat and all of those things. And it is an homage to how much this team has persevered down the stretch, but that's after a self-inflicted, awful start 0-5 in Big Mm -hmm. 12 play this year.
0: Yeah, and I think we're at a point where we can start talking about that, the the post-game of the Kansas. Um, uh, I mean... Eric Stevenson said it himself. They just didn't really want it, and there wasn't any energy or enthusiasm. Huggins harped on that, too. And I don't know. I think I can, to a certain degree, understand it whenever you know that you're a lock for the tournament. I guess you don't want to go too hard and maybe risk guys getting hurt. I can understand that. But at the same time, you know, you have fans flying out there. And I think to, I don't know to kind of have that complacency on one of the biggest stages in college basketball today. I don't know. Some parts of that didn't sit right with me personally. And I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't try at all. I mean, I think that Kansas, I'm not saying that they would have definitely beat Kansas if they would have left it all on the line out there because, you know, Kansas, especially in that second half, every single time WVU tried something, Kansas had a response. And I think WVU got it down to four at best. And, you know, it just shot right back up to eight and ten. So, yeah, I think that, you know, and people always want to bring up the getting tired excuse. And I think that there's a fair assessment in that to a certain degree. You know, you got a team coming off a bye and you have another team just coming off of playing the previous day. But... That's when it's going to be like come tournament time with the NCAAs.
1: Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And, and, you know, the idea of being complacent, well, Kansas didn't look like they were playing complacent basketball. Iowa State didn't look that way. Baylor didn't look that way. Texas didn't look that way. And so, you know, I, I don't really buy into that argument. I do think that there is something to be said for the strength of schedule. They played After third toughest in the country. Um, and they knew that those were games they had to win and they were able to do those things and find a way to most likely get into this tournament. And so for them, maybe that was more of their big 12 tournament. It wasn't day after day, but it was Saturday, Monday, most of the time. And so in that I can understand it, I guess, in some ways, but you know, for me looking at it just in a personal sense was the idea that I think that this year, this is not a Kansas team like we've seen in other years similar to that of Texas, even where, Yes, Kansas is probably the number one seed in the country. I I, I think that that's true. But I I think this could have been anybody's tournament to win, Luke. And Mm -hmm. you have arguably the best point guard you've had here since Deshaun Butler uh, and and Eric Stevenson as far as a primary scorer who can throw it up and hit it. And we've seen him do that a lot this season. And and around him, you've got a fairly good team, I think. Uh, One of the better ones in the last couple years here where this was the year you could have possibly went out and won a Big 12 championship. And and there's something to be said about winning those,
0: too. I think so, too. But I think that they are coming from a place of, I think, looking at the grand scheme of things, which I think hmm, it's very... Because, of course, you want competitive basketball, and you want it to be worth the players' while, and you want it to be worth the fans' while. But also, you know, they've... They've lost Mo Wagee. You know there have been a couple times where keaty has been hurt. You know, you have these things, and I do. I think I think it's a very interesting question. Do you really want to risk re-injury for a conference championship when you already have that security of the NCAA tournament?
1: Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, the only other thing I push back with that with is the idea that if you're an eight or nine seed potentially. And right now at the latest Bracketology, they're going to Birmingham. We have a first round matchup against Iowa. uh, And and presuming you win that, just for the sake of argument, you could move on to play Alabama in the second round. Yes, Alabama went to Norman and lost by 30 to Oklahoma in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. But if you would have beaten Kansas on Thursday, you would not be in that same sort of sphere where you have to play a one or two seed in the second game of the tournament and what could potentially be a tougher matchup for you in round two. Uh, and so for me, as far as that goes, I think that there still is definitely something to play for in that aspect. Um, but my argument from the beginning of the season was the goal this year is to make that NCAA tournament, and they did that. So for me, I, I think you can call, call it a successful year, uh, especially with how bad last year was. Uh, Huggins said he was going to fix it. I said it still during the start where they were 0 and one, and then 0 and two, and then 0 and three, and then 0 and four, all the way up to 0 and five. I said, you know, the season's not lost yet. A lot of fans gave up hope. It seemed like on social media. I know that you know some of the other U92 guys and I would talk about it on Sports Night, and things like that. And I say, you know, the goal is to make the NCAA tournament. That is not out of reach. If they, you cannot change your goals midway through the year based off of how you're performing. Okay, if this is the goal, this is the goal. Yes, there's a time to reassess. But you can't just continue to change back and forth based off of how how a Monday night goes or how a Saturday goes in the Big 12. And early on, I said I thought this was one of the best leagues in America. And for over, it is the best league in America. And so to make the NCAA tournament out of that is definitely an accomplishment. And so I think that right now you can still call it a successful year. So we'll have to see what happens tomorrow on Selection Sunday to then judge what can this team do starting on Thursday, most likely?
0: Absolutely. And looking at that Big 12 conference championship game right now, the Texas Longhorns lead the Jayhawks 49-41 with fifteen fifty-three remaining in the contest. Could be yeah. for... I mean, I don't know how much you want to call a 2-1 defeat an upset, but, you know, <laughs> I think anybody beating Kansas is an upset.
1: Well... I, I think that Texas has a lot on the line, too. They could potentially be at one seed if they win this game, I think. Um, and, and I think that Rodney Terry has done more than earn his job uh, going into next year by removing that interim tag off his uh, name right now as he's still the interim head coach at Texas basketball. If he goes out and wins this Big 12 championship, there's no doubt in my mind he should be the head coach, even if he doesn't win it here tonight. I think he should still be the head coach at Texas next year. He's done a terrific job since the firing of Chris Beard and so I think that Texas is a team that, if they can win it here tonight, has a real shot at being, the, uh, being a one seed, rather, in this field of six. And Kansas can still be a one seed in that argument as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So moving over to the women's side of things, absolutely crushing defeat for the Mountaineers yesterday. If you're a Mountaineer fan, it was, I mean, WVU leads 11 points going into the fourth. I personally, I had my recap written. I was like, yep, the big 12 women's ba- or the WVU women's basketball team advances and within the last minute, I was rewriting all of that tanner and it was, <laughs> it, it, was it was truly a shocker.
1: Yeah Oklahoma State hadn't led since I think they were up 2 nothing
0: to start the game. Yeah uh, And you know I told uh, Brian McQuella right after
1: the game that I hate Isaac Newton. Um, gravity <laughs> was not on West Virginia's side yesterday. It looked like it might have been. I was listening to my call of it one more time just at the end to see if I had you know, liked what I said or not as that shot went in for the Oklahoma State Cowgirls at the buzzer to beat West Virginia. And I thought I did a fine job. But hearing that again, I mean, it was literally rolling out at the buzzer. and It rolled in rather instead Mm -hmm. ending West Virginia's hopes to move on in the big 12 tournament. They would have played today against that Texas team with uh, coach of the year, Vic Schaefer. Uh, But you know, you got to give a lot of credit to those girls uh, on both sides of the basketball yesterday. Madison Smith had 20 plus points. Again, that's four straight games for her where she's done that. Um, And and this is a team I think that deserves to play in March. They finished tied for fourth in the league this year. And uh, the last like four or five years in a row, I don't remember Coach P's um, exact quote, but she said something along the lines of nobody has missed the NCAA tournament finishing that high in the Big 12, so why should it change now? Obviously, that's a paraphrase, but I think she's completely accurate. It is arguably the best backcourt in the Big 12, let alone one of the best in the country with Madison Smith and J.J. Quinterly, and they proved it again yesterday, even with J.J. missing a lot of time in that game that they are game records, they are scorers, and they run this team. And, and so to have that kind of defeat in the way it happened was absolutely uh, wild. And, and there were some interesting things. I asked Coach P about it after the game. They had a foul to give. They elected not to do it. They wanted to force uh, Oklahoma State to a contested shot, which they did. And, I mean, it, it was a miraculous shot that wound up going in, uh, and, and it caused West Virginia a loss I think that they could have almost benefited by playing in the round one rather than having a bye and adding another win to that resume Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: because it it seems to me like they might be on the outside looking in as far as NCAA March Madness goes for them. Although Selection Sunday is tomorrow, uh, there were some things that could have happened today that could have helped them. Uh, We'll have to see what the committee decides. I, I think to not give this team a chance, though, would be very disappointing. Uh, even if they have to play a play-in game, I think they'd be more than delighted to go do that and and prove who they are. They really don't have any more than one bad loss, I would say, on the season, and that was that NC State loss early on Mm, uh, to a team who was ranked in the top 10 at the time. Uh, And and outside of that, there really wasn't anything that was that awful, in, in my opinion. There were some Big 12 losses that were very close. They did have the bad loss in Ames. They avenged that at home by beating Iowa State by a similar
0: margin. Yeah. And, and then oh. like that. and then you, you also win. have that Texas Tech, that last second well, right, loss. Right. I mean. Yeah, a lot of those games went
1: right down the wire exactly like they did yesterday. And so to keep them out, I, I think, would be uh, uh, a, a poor lapse in judgment for the committee because I think that this is a team that is deserving of being in the field of 64 Um, and and I think that they've done a lot this year. Under a first-year head coach who who took over for a legend in Mike Carey, and and the ability to really build this team up with a couple of the returning players that they had and make them into a a team that was picked to finish ninth, that finishes tied for fourth in the Big 12, that's a big testament to this coaching staff and the players Mm -hmm. that were on the floor this season.
0: Yeah, and you look at the talent that left. I mean, K.K. Dean's Was gone, and you know, you had a lot of newcomers on the team, and I this team exceeded expectations in every sense of the word. I mean, and you know, largely, I think that a lot of West Virginia fans probably want to see this team make the tournament, really, to see Maddie Smith take the court one more time. I mean, she, like you mentioned earlier, she has been absolutely stellar these last four games with 23 points yesterday. And, you know, her and Quinterly, and I've kind of harped on this issue uh, during the season. I know you're probably tired of hearing me say it, but they are rather top-heavy on offense. You know, Quinterly and Smith combined for 41 points, 23 and 18. Nobody else had more than six. 41 of 61. I mean, that's just 20 points, you know. And, obviously... I mean, you can only ask for so much, you know. I think that the second half, the Cowgirls did a much better job of guarding specifically Smith, and I know JJ stepped up in a few key moments. But of course, I think that if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out that this team takes the court again, you know, I think WVU fans are going to hate to see Maddie Smith's last game end that way. You know, yeah, you know, I, I think that they will play
1: in the NIT if they don't get invited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that if they do play in that NIT, they'd be one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Yeah, which could you you could argue could almost be better for this team long term rather than short term. Um, and, and I think that'd be an interesting way to look at it. Uh, and, and you mentioned it right there, you know, there are a lot of times this season when they were lacking a tertiary scorer. You mentioned KK Deans not being here. But you also, you know, don't have Esmery Martinez back mm, this year, yeah. who was a big part of this team last year. Uh, we see what Jasmine Carson's doing down at LSU. Uh, she's averaging about 10 a game down there at Louisiana State. She wasn't a, a true primary player on this team last year, but maybe somebody that could have helped this year. Uh, and obviously with the coaching change, you're going to see a mass exodus of the program. And that's what we saw. However, I think that this – the stones were laid this year by coach P and her staff for what's going to be built for the future. Uh, And and I think that they're ready to build this thing brick by brick, Luke, and it's going to be a a very good future ahead for coach P's uh, Mountaineer squad. I think that she was the correct hire. Obviously we have only a one year sample size so far, but she really came into the big 12 and and held her own. Uh, Again, that top four finish is a huge, huge deal as a first-year head coach with a team who was picked again to finish ninth in the conference, second to last, that is. And then you look at next year, you add four more teams to this league. It's only going to get tougher. But Mm -hmm. to be able to go out and be that successful in year one definitely is going to be good for the future. And then if you still want to talk about the future, you've got two top 100 recruits coming in next year uh, to join this team. And that's never going to be a bad thing either. Uh, We've heard J.J. Quinterly say it, too, that she's ready to – Take over Maddie's role. Uh, One other thing on Madison Smith, really quickly, too, is the fact that she's now the all time minutes leader Uh, in Golden Blue uh, for this women's basketball program. And that's a huge, huge accomplishment for her, something I'm sure she's very proud of, um, and and definitely something that should not be looked over. Uh, She's got a ton of accomplishments here at WVU, and, and that's just another one that added to the resume. Yes, it was a heartbreaker yesterday, but you can't fault what they did this season. And you got to give a lot of credit to that Oklahoma State team. They were Absolutely. able to open up Alnada's there in the fourth quarter and make things happen uh, for her offensively uh, among some other players on that team. Milton had a very nice day yesterday, too, for the Cowgirls. And they, they ended up being the better team in the second half, and they were able to erase a 10-point deficit and come out and win it. Uh, and so credit to Oklahoma State. They're going to be a team that's definitely in the field of 64. I know that uh, first-year head coach over there, J.C. Hoyt, thinks that Coach P's team should be in the field of 64. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, sort of say she has. Obviously, probably not much. But Coach P was really pushing for her team to make it as well after the game yesterday. And, again, I think that if they do get in, uh, they can definitely win some games here.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And just to mention that, I mean, you know, hopefully, or well, I'm sure Mountaineer fans hope they can at least see Maddie Smith take the court one more time. Absolutely, one of the all-time greats for this program. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has—it was a fun, fun weekend to say the le- to say the least, or fun week, I guess to say the least. Wouldn't you agree, Tanner?
1: Yeah. Um. It, it was good. The weather was about the same in Morgantown. Oh, man. Um, There was was a lot of cool stuff, though, that we got to do. It was a good opportunity for us. Um, And and we've got some big news coming up, some big interviews for the Mountaineer Sports Insider, so we hope you keep tuning into us here.
0: Yes, absolutely. And anything that you all can do to support student media is greatly appreciated. I know I, for one, appreciated all the interaction I received on, whether it be Twitter or just sharing articles you know, yeah, all the work. A big shot now, got likes on uh, 278 to be exact. Whoa. It, it's, a, it's up there now, I'm telling you. It, hey, my God. Yeah. Just give him the blue check mark, Elon Musk, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pay $8 for it. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that everybody pays that. Yeah, you, yeah, you I know. He's the type of guy that does, though, I think. No, not a chance. Oh, my goodness. How could you that I'm actually offended by that.
1: But oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you offended me quite often this week. first <laughs> and foremost, with the idea that chocolate is not good. Uh
0: that that's a that's a mis misstep uh in your life that you've decided to take and I hope you can go uh and, and turn around on that path. Yeah, well I I don't know. I, I see this path as the path worth taking. I'm but sorry, right, friend. Fair enough. Yeah
1: we'll be back with more later this week most likely we are going to be on spring break but lots of Mountaineer events going on this weekend not just the Big 12 tournament Um, so there will be a ton more coverage coming your way make sure to follow the
0: Twitter absolutely at Fairbanks to WVU over there we'll be sharing content and sharing podcasts so uh, Tanner if that's all you got I think we're ready to close this one out yeah I again
1: I do want to say that both of these teams uh, they, they met their expectations at the least for this year and, and so to be upset about it after the fact I, I think in the moment is fair but I, I'm not a guy who's a fan of just changing expectations on the fly based off of what's happening day in and day out uh, and so when you evaluate a season uh, obviously they're not over yet we're yet to see what the postseason completely brings but I think right now you can Definitely say they were steps back in the right direction. Uh, as far as the men go, Coach Huggins definitely adapted. Uh, he told the state he was going to fix it. I think he's on that path right now to fixing it. And, and for Coach P, I mean, my goodness, uh, the
0: foundation has definitely been laid uh, and it, it, it should only be up from here, I, I would think. Absolutely. A lot to look forward to in both of these programs. All right, that'll conclude this week's episode of the Mountaineer Sports Insider. This is Luke Blaine alongside Tanner Lambert. See you later.